2: Entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right.
0: Live and local, it's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler.
2: 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Bart Winkler. That is uh, Toby Altizer. We're going to talk some football here. Because we've got the Philadelphia Stars against the Birmingham Stallions Sunday night. Oh, I thought you were gonna say because we got a month till training camp. So why
3: not fire <laughs> it up right
2: now, baby? Uh, screwed training camp. We got a USFL championship game. Hey, did you see uh, the quarterback for Birmingham was doing Steph Curry's night night thing? And Steph everyone's Curry, doing that. Steph Curry responded him on Twitter.
3: Yeah, not McCutcheon, not any of the other people that have done it, just the guy in the USFL.
2: Yeah, so Steph Curry. Steph Curry giving more traction to the USFL than they've gotten all season. But there was an article that came to my attention. And I'm not going to say the name of the website because they once stole articles from me, so I'm going to do the same for them. Well, it's Bleacher Report. I hate them. But they had five trades that should happen before training camps open in 2022. And I wanted to go through them with you.
3: Deshaun Watson to
2: prison. Yeah. Well, their first one's Jimmy Garoppolo to the Carolina Panthers. And now the Carolina Panthers were another team that was maybe in with Baker Mayfield, but this Deshaun Watson thing, they are going to have a hearing. The NFL is tomorrow. Deshaun Watson's going to have a hearing with the NFL and the NFL PA is appointed disciplinary officer. The NFL is expected to push for significant discipline, uh, possibly like indefinite, maybe a season. Deshaun Watson's gonna miss a lot of games. Well, it should be at least a year. So that means, from a football standpoint, Baker Mayfield your quarterback? Nope. I'm not starting for them if I'm Baker. But uh, Baker is probably going to have to swallow his pride and start for them. No. What's he going to do? Why does he have to? What's he going to do? Not play. If I'm Baker, I'd probably just start for him.
3: No. I'd rather sit behind someone, do nothing, because look what happened with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky was terrible in Chicago. He went to Buffalo and sat behind Josh Allen for a year, and Pittsburgh signed him to a big deal to be their guy, even though they drafted Kenny Pickett now. But he got all that money. If I'm Baker, I'd rather just sit out or get traded somewhere. I'm not playing unless I'm starting for a franchise other than the Cleveland Browns.
2: Nah, if I'm Baker, I just sack up and
3: play. No, I'm I'm forcing my way to Cleveland. Not Cleveland, sorry, Carolina. But then you want because you want to start. I want to play, but if push comes to shove, I'm not starting for the Cleveland Browns.
2: Yeah, I think I'd start for the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. You gotta swallow your pride. No. Why, you only why got do you one have life to? to
3: live. Why do you have to? Like I just said with Mitch Trubisky, they're Baker the ones Mayfield. Jerk you around. You could be the hero. Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky got all that for sitting out a year, a former top pick that everyone thinks, well, maybe it was just the system or maybe it was just this or that. Or maybe they're just terrible. Same thing happened with Sam Darnold.
2: I say bet on yourself. If Baker is a big year, the Browns are gonna move on because they got Deshaun, they got all that money tied into him, and then Baker can go somewhere else.
3: Baker's gonna get a starting job somewhere else, whether it's this year or next.
2: Oh, I would, I would, I would love if I was Baker Mayfield and the team went out and traded all these picks away for this scumbag, and then couldn't play him, and they had to come crawling back to me. Oh, I'd absolutely love it. I would not suit up for them. And because you, 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 you play with. Baker gets to play with no pressure now.
3: Well, and Baker also played all of last season
2: injured. Yeah. And
3: I'm going to play all of this season injured for you, and then you're going to trade for Deshaun Watson. No,
2: you played last year with all this Zero pressure. chance
3: I'm playing for you. You
2: play this year with no, no. pressure. You can make as many nope. mistakes as possible. Nope. They're not going to move on from you.
3: I'm not putting myself out there with a risk of getting injured. Oh, I love it. I'll be your backup. No way. I'll be your third string.
2: Who's their quarterback then? Tyron?
3: Jacoby Brissett.
2: Jacoby Brissett?
3: Is Jacoby Brissett better than Baker Mayfield? No. I'm kidding.
2: So I want to see Baker play. No. We'll see what happens with Deshaun that we could find out tomorrow. If I'm Baker, I'm playing for Carolina, or I'm not playing at all. Well, if Carolina was going to trade for a quarterback, and this article suggests Jimmy G, Baker is a guy we're talking about too, wouldn't they have done it already? You would think, but as long as they get it done sometime around training camp, who cares? Unless they're waiting for like a June, July 1st sort of thing, which I'm not sure aware of. Uh, or very aware of. We'll see. So well, that's one of them.
3: The Browns are probably still waiting on this Deshaun thing, too. Absolutely.
2: Here's another trade that was proposed Terry McLaurin. No. To the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Keep my wife's name out your
2: mouth! F- Darn right. God, it's not I'm McLaurin. I just want. I mean, the, the, he's not going
3: anywhere. They're going to sign him to a contract at some point in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to stop talking about this. So Ron it, Rivera's already said we're not trading him. He's not going anywhere.
2: So, this, must, this is what it felt like for us with Rodgers last year.
3: Well, and you know what? We When you hear word out of the Washington organization, their word is worth tons. Because. They always keep their word. Very trustworthy within that organization.
2: Yeah. Very trustworthy.
3: High high quality, high caliber individuals, high integrity. Trust everything they say.
2: Did you like that Woj tried to pull a Schefter for the NBA draft? So they were talking, remember two years ago, the NFL draft, all of a sudden Schefter's like, uh, Rogers, unhappy, trade. And it ruined the whole night. And then with the NBA draft last week, Woj is reporting, uh, Durant unhappy? And everyone's freaking out about Durant all day. I love the fact that he said,
3: well, it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Jabari Smith, then Chet Holmgren, and then Paolo Banqueiro. Yeah, and then... uh, And then uh, that that was was not the case.
2: Wait, wrong. And a lot of people lost a lot of money on that, dude. But that's, like, how much do you trust these guys? All right, here's another one, because we've been joking with Toby about getting Terry McLaurin to the Packers. But here's a trade that Bleacher Report suggests. DK Metcalf to the Green Bay Packers. Interesting. Metcalf has waited patiently while other elite wideouts have cashed in on big paydays this season. Metcalf is set to make just a little under 4 million dollars in the final season of his rookie contract. The Seattle Seahawks have said they want him. The Packers could be one of the interesting parties for him. Perhaps a trade of early draft picks may be enough to pry Metcalf away from Seattle. I don't,
3: I don't like Metcalf's fit in this offense. When you draft a guy like Christian Watson, I don't think Metcalf is as complete a receiver as some people think he is. He's a down the field threat, and if that's the case, then you still need someone to run those routes across the middle. And take that Devontae Adams type role. And I don't see DK doing that. I don't really see Christian Watson doing that. I think he might need to do something like that, but
2: I don't know. I don't don't see the point. Yeah, this is one of those things, too, where I think if they would have done it already, they would have done it already.
3: Well, and if they would have done it already, then they probably don't draft Christian Watson.
2: Right. I think they're content, the Packers are, for better or for worse, with who they're going to have in that receiver room there's still other receivers that I
3: wouldn't mind them going and getting because they could work. But to go get a guy that is going to be your downfield guy, well, that's what Christian Watson got brought in to do.
2: Yeah, and I still think Alan Lazard has a decent year too. I still would love to see
3: them get a, a true, like, number one possession style receiver to take some of that Devontae type role. Maybe they're expecting Sammy Watkins to do a little bit of that. Maybe they're expecting a little out of Christian Watson and maybe a little from Alan Lazard. I don't know. I'd love to see them still go get someone, but I don't think at this point, I think you're
2: right. If they were going to go get someone, they probably would have already done it. There's other trades on here, but uh, they're not that interesting to me. I don't want to talk about them. We'll just talk about the quarterback and the wide receivers unless you want to break down Tyson Smith to the Steelers. Tyson Smith. On the uh, or Tyron Smith to the Steelers. Oh, Tyron Smith, yeah, yeah, offensive lineman. Yeah, for I thought you Cowboys. were all about the trenches. Well, yeah. Can I tell you something that was a lie? <sighs> yeah, I don't really care about the trenches. I'm more into speed and flash now. That sounds about right. Well, the way the uh, NFL is, it's all these guys getting paid if they can run fast. So I just want to run fast.
3: Yeah, Tyreek Hill's getting paid thirty million to get underthrown by Tua.
2: We've talked last, right? Since I told you I ran an eight eight forty. Yes. You you were here.
3: Uh, I think so. I think I was. Uh, when was I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
2: here. Yeah, I ran a. I ran an eight eight
3: forty. Oh, so you're enamored with speed because you realize you have none of it.
2: Yeah. I thought maybe. What do
3: you think I would run in a forty? Uh probably a six six. I gotta be faster than that, dude. I ran a
2: six-two in high school. I'm, you were a goalie. Yeah, I suck. I'm slow. Uh, you know what's going to slow me down even more is this leap and lemonade, Leroy. <laughs> what are you doing to me? You got to get the hookup. What is Leroy doing to me? You got to get up the, get the hookup with Leroy. So there, you know, Robinade is this old school lemonade from Robin Yount. Yeah. And then there's Leap Vodka, which is with Leroy. And there's a very delicious drink you can have called Vodka Lemonades. So they started to, they're selling this together as a line of cocktails in a can. It's a ready-to-drink vodka lemonade combo that will arrive in six packs of 12-ounce cans. Made with real vodka, real juice, with a 6.7 alcohol by volume. And they are going to be available at stores near you. You know what? There's a lot that you can get now like this. I always think back to when I was um, when I was like 21 to 26. I'll say those are my heavy party days. Okay. So like you'd go to Summerfest, and as I've told you, beer makes my tum tum hurt. Sure. If I have more than one. But then to find like a whiskey or a rum at some of these places were impossible to make my stomach feel good. But now you've got lemonade, vodka in a can. You've got spritzers everywhere. You've got all this, you know, these Trulies and everything. It's like there's an endless, like I needed that stuff 10 years ago is what I'm thinking. That's what I needed back in the day. So I'm like, where was this 10 years ago? I get mad about that. Yeah, you should ask Leroy where it was 10 years ago. Yeah, where was Lee Vodka 10 years ago? Man, Leap and Lemonade. How do I not just crush these? Oh, my goodness. Those are going to be so popular. I know. I think they're selling them. Are they at Pick and Save already? I'm going to have to go buy some. I did see some displays were out. Man. Leroy Butler and Robin Young teaming up. I wonder who, uh, who, who pushed it on which side. That had to be a thing where they both at the same time, like, just had a moment and they... They tried to call each other, but the lines were busy because they were calling each other. Yeah, like because you're like, wait, Leroy Butler's got a vodka, and I have a lemonade. This is too good of an idea to pass up. Wait, I have a, I have a vodka, and Robin Young is a lemonade. And it's the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> and it's the state of Wisconsin, where summer lasts for like 17 days, and people make sure that it counts with each and every day. <laughs> Man, I gotta, I gotta get on this. 414-799-1250-Katuitas-1250-AM, the fan. The Bucks obviously have changed their roster up with a draft pick. Marjan Bochamp is going to wear the number zero because he says he started from the bottom. He started as a zero, and it's his reminder. I like the mentality. I don't like the zero.
3: Yeah, I kind of figured you would think that. I'm not a big zero guy. Double zero? No. Just zero. I like the number zero, but I also grew up as a Gilbert Arenas fan, so. I want to see a triple zero, maybe. I would wear. Triple zero? Yeah. That's like half the people in the Brewers batting
2: order. (laughs) I would wear 17 (laughs) zeros. Why are you 17 zeros? Oh, because I've started as this big zero. I'm a big loser. I have 17 zeros. You're the biggest loser. We'll hear from Marjan Beauchamp and John Horse coming up next.
4: You know, I learned that, uh, you know, I'm a warrior, you know, you know, you can just throw me out there and I'm going to figure it out. And I I know I I found God, you know, and God led me through my hardest times of my life. And, you know, I I thank him every day now. And uh, I thank my grandma uh, and this for my grandpa, you know, Uh, I'm I'm living for his legacy, you know, and I just want to. I just want to be great, you know? Yeah, it's just the network of of my staff. I know Ryan Hoover, um, who runs our scouting group, and uh, Ronald Dupree, who supports him, and and kind of going on through our group, Dave Babcock, who's been with us forever. We have a staff collectively, even with Milt Newton, some of our assistant coaches, um, people who've worked with us previously. You have a network of people, and that's part of what you try to build as a staff that live in the world of basketball, and you get as much information from many different areas as you can. I mean, there's a, a former Wisconsin herd coach who we are really close to that knows Marjan really well, and that was really helpful for us, right? And, and that's just one example of many that you really just try to connect the dots and you really figure out where your web, how far it extends, and learn as much as you can, watch as much as you can, pull it all in and make a decision, we'll see if we're right.
2: That's John Horst. He's. <laughs> let we'll see if we're right. <laughs> we usually aren't. Bochamp's probably your favorite player now because he said he's a warrior. He did. Yeah, he says, I'm a warrior.
3: He's a warrior. He's a buck. Yeah. Your two favorite things. How about Patrick Baldwin? In that order. A... Going to the Warriors. Yeah, I like that pick.
2: Well, it's perfect for him, too. What I was saying was the Warriors already have guys they're developing. And so they can take – Way longer to develop Patrick Baldwin Jr. because Kaminga and Wiseman—they're still working on them. Baldwin Jr. has the least amount of pressure he could have stepping into a place, and I don't think Bochamp's going to have a lot of pressure. But I do think that you know there'll be some expectations on him. I don't think we want to see him playing Oshkosh all year. No, are you surprised though that they took a
3: defensive guy over someone that maybe could help them with shooting or? whatever they maybe would
2: have identified outside of what they got in Bochamp. I guess a little bit. I, w- I was surprised to hear that they wanted to trade up for him. I was surprised to hear about that. I-, I like what I like about him is cause the, the team still does need some shooting and I don't know where that's going to come from, but what I like about him is he seemed to realize what it would take for him to be in the NBA and to succeed. One of the pre-draft interviews he did when he was working out with the Magic, he talked about Herb Jones. He says, I'm trying to model my game after Herb Jones. Herb Jones, super athletic, knocking down some threes, crazy defensively. This was the series against the Suns where it looked like for a while the Pelicans might, you know, Mm -hmm. knock them off. And I was like, man, I wish we had a guy like Herb Jones. And then Marjan Bochamp's like, I want to be like Herb Jones. So he realized... The best way for me to make the NBA is to focus on some of this. I don't want to say 3 and D. I mean, he's much more athletic than like a standard 3 and D yeah, guy so you so might think of. more because he doesn't have the 3 yet. He might be the second most athletic guy, John Horst says this, mm-hmm. than Giannis. So I do, I'd like the pick. There's still more that I would have wanted, obviously with this offseason, but I do like the pick. Some of the analysis from... The athletic I have here, a little bit interesting. John Hollinger doesn't seem to be a fan at all. No, not at all. He says, Bo Champ has been the recipient of much first-round discussion, which is going a bit overboard. This projects to be an energy guy. He shot 27% from three and 72% from the line, mostly playing an undersized four, was the same age as most of the sophomores in this draft. It's not like he destroyed the G League. He does have a seven-foot wingspan that he can – Used to affect defensively and on the glass so he can maybe get away with playing the floor. Maybe more skill development. He can play the three, which is where he would add the most value if he can pull it off. But he didn't think that the first round was a place for him.
3: The thing I liked reading through the pre-draft preview with Sam Vesany from The Athletic is he said that he plays within himself. And I think it's important when you get a guy coming into an organization like the Bucks that you get a guy that is not going to try to assert himself more than he needs to. That is not going to try to turn himself into a player that he's not. He understands that on the offensive end, it's going to run through Drew, Chris, and Giannis. And I think that he'll try to contribute right away defensively, but he's not going to go out of his way on the offensive end to try to make himself something for this team right away. He's just gonna play within the offense, and if he gets his chances, he'll take it, but he's not gonna force it.
2: Yeah, the write-up there was he has built the game that makes sense for playing a role in the NBA. Many players focus getting as good with the ball as they can. Bo Champ worked on his off-the-ball skills, the defense, the motor, which is what teams want. So that bodes well for him reaching his ceiling. But if he can't shoot because his touch isn't great and his feel for the game offensively isn't really natural, Then I have some questions on what the ceiling can be, but he's versatile on defense in the league, begging for guys like him. That's a huge plus. Where you fall on him comes down to, if you believe in him becoming just an average shooter. He says, I'm a little skeptical on that. I have a bit lower on my personal board, but if you buy into his work ethic, I get having him as a top 25 prospect. And now he's going to be, you know, obviously we bring up the name Giannis because Giannis is a guy who worked from, you know, nothing to to get to where he is. Bochamp feels like he's in a similar spot, you know, bouncing around with different academies and high schools and trying to latch on and nearly quitting the game when the pandemic started. So he's a guy that feels like he's got a lot to prove. And that's a dangerous thing, man. If you can keep that edge like Giannis has all these years, you know, maybe we'll be watching a movie on Disney Plus about Marjan Bochamp. Someday, rise two, rise two. The rise of Bucks fans that marched on Pfizer Forum to see John Horse get fired because he could not nail a first-round pick his entire tenure. Rise two. I'm excited to see what he does. Again, we still would like some more shooting, uh, obviously, but where is that going to come from? Remember, they did not have Chris Middleton in the playoffs, so I think. A lot of the times we're, we're thinking about a team that had Giannis and then maybe Drew and then nobody else that would really step up and shoot. You know, Portis had a game, Conten had a game, Grayson had a game, but we're, we're, we're forgetting Chris Middleton and all that. Uh, one thing that I think that was interesting was big Bucks backer Nick Wright of First Things First on FS1. He put out his tears for the championship favorite for next season. Uh, now the actual odds have the Bucks at five. The Warriors, Celtics, Nets, Clippers, and then the Bucks. In Nick's tiers, odds, or Nick in Nick Wright's tiers. Nick Tears. Yes. Nice. Uh, he's got the Bucks as the overwhelming favorite. He's got the Clippers and Mavs as the next tier, potentially devastating. And then he's got the Celtics, Grizzlies, and Warriors. As title contenders. Ooh, so you probably don't like it because of the Warriors slight.
3: Hey, they got their fourth ring, man. What do you What do you think about the Mavericks? Do you think that they're just going well, to got right my boy C. There? Wood now? I do, I do like that move. I really did. Are they going to bring back Jalen Brunson?
2: I th- thought that's what the reports were saying, but now the Knicks keep making moves thinking they're going to give Max money. Imagine being excited if you're the New York Knicks to bring in Jalen Brunson. Imagine making graphics two years ago that were Zion, KD, and Kyrie in Knicks jerseys. <laughs> and then you're going to throw max money at the Mavericks' <laughs> gonna third say, best player. We're
3: going to one up that. Jalen Brunson,
2: Villanova. Uh, what are the odds again? The odds again are the Warriors, Celtics, Nets, Clippers, and Bucks. Uh, the Nets, the Nets. Why are the Nets still up there? Because they have Kevin Durant, dude. Yeah, but they, Kevin Durant this year, they did nothing.
3: I mean, that's valid. But you got to think that someone else is going to go play with KD if he's sticking around. Ooh. I don't know.
2: Who's moving? Is Kyrie just going to be right back there? Who knows? I, I mean, is Ben Simmons part of this? <laughs> the Nets have the third best odds. Who even Time knows? Tied for what, second. I, I don't even know if Ben Simmons is going to play
3: again, it seems
2: like. No, when I think just specifically about the East, I'll put the Bucks back on top for the Eastern Conference favorites. And they should be. Uh, the Celtics, you think a move might be coming there. I don't know that they hang on to Marcus Smart. Al Horford. Horford. They got to think Horford's giving them their last. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I, mean, I think you keep Brown and Tatum together. Man, they win that series. You got to keep Tatum Brown shows Tatum. up. Yeah.
3: Jeez. Oh, Everything I good I said about Jason Tatum, I take it all back. Yeah. I Again, like And we're Tatum. insulting
2: hockey fans today. We're talking in NBA finals and not Stanley Cup. Go Avs. Congratulations. Congrats to, the, to the Avs. Yeah. You put it in our show tweet, so congrats to the Avs.
1: Yeah,
3: of course. Yeah. It's news. News. We touched on it. All we right, did. so back to basketball. First thing I mentioned. Uh, yeah, they're going to keep Brown and Tatum together you got to keep Marcus smart. I don't know outside of that, though. They're going to be st- still around, though. They're going to be right there. The Bucks should be at the top, though, because, again, as much as you want to say if Jason Tatum played well, they win the finals.
2: If Chris Middleton's not hurt, they're out in that series. Every time I see these odds, this was the same way last year. The Nets were still consistently top three. I don't know. It, like, it discredits the whole thing for me. It's betting on talent. I don't
3: know that I like it because I don't like the whole, I don't like the idea, and people have said this, and I've never agreed with it. They say, well, in a series, I'm generally going to go with the best player. I don't think so. The best team is going to win those things. The best team.
2: Yeah, I think team.
3: Sometimes the player will win single-handedly, but I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they do that, and that's how you get the nets up there.
2: Now part of the thing with odds is that they're trying to encourage betting as well. And they're trying not to lose a bunch of money. So I'm thinking if I if I have 100 bucks that I want to bet on the NBA champion, would I bet it on the Bucks at 750 plus 750? Yeah, hey, I I think the Bucks can win the championship. I'm going to give you 100, I can get 750 back? Yeah. Then I'll bet it on the Bucks. The Warriors just won best team out west, 100 for 550. Okay, the Nets plus 100 to win 600. You mean if the Nets win, I only get 600 back?
3: Yeah, I couldn't do that. If but the they Nets also... were like
2: 30 to 1, I'd bet on them. But the,
3: yeah, exactly. If they do the odds too long, though, then everyone's going to hammer it and they still feel like they're going to have a chance just because they have Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah, so maybe that's why. Because 30 to 1, I think they'd be an attractive bet, even 20 to 1. So they're almost forced to put him up there. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think even 10 to 15 to 1 is attractive for the Nets because you don't know what's going to happen there right now. And chances are, even if they roll back out there with the team they have right now, Kyrie's probably going to play more than he did this year, you would think. What's he going to have as an excuse to not play this season? And Kevin Durant is still a top three player in the NBA.
2: Remember at the beginning of the year, it looked like the East was as good as it's ever been, and now... Looking at it right now, it kind of looks like it sucks again.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would say that the East was all that much better. It was just that it was deeper, right? Like, it wasn't a cakewalk through. You know, before, you play, like, the Pistons in the first round as garbage. You had to play a team this year, even though the Bulls were kind of garbage. But, I mean, the Bulls were better than that Pistons team.
2: You know, it's funny. As we talk about the Nets being plus 600, would you put 100 to win 600 on the Nets? And I say, oh, maybe if they were like fifteen to twenty, but the Lakers are plus seventeen hundred. I ain't putting a hundred bucks on the Lakers.
3: I would play the Lakers. They're gonna find something to bring in there. Russell Westbrook's not gonna be on that team next year. It's gonna be LeBron, Anthony Davis, and someone else. And LeBron's still cooking at this age. I don't know that I
2: would like it, but I wouldn't be opposed to looking at that. The other teams uh, out west, obviously, the Warriors are the front runners. Clippers at plus seven hundred, and you may think Clippers. You forget Kawhi Leonard's still around. Yeah.
3: I do want to really say this uh, real quick about the Warriors. I'm so glad that Steph Curry played so well because so many people forgot how good Steph Curry is. No, I would not take John Morant over Stephen Curry. If we're talking in a short, you know, just in the short time span, I don't think I would take Luka Doncic over Steph Curry. And everyone in both of those series was talking, oh, I might take. John Morant, I'm going to take Luka. No, you're not. Steph Curry is still one of the best players in the NBA, and he showed you again why he is. I honestly think that right now, like the Tier 1 superstars, if you want to include LeBron, I think he's right there on the brink. But it's Giannis, KD, and probably Steph Curry. You
2: know what's funny is so Steph Curry does what he does and wins the Finals MVP, and now people are talking about him top 10, top 5. But had he had the same series, and then the Celtics just played a little better, they lose the finals, then nobody – it's like – Well, and Leroy
3: brought this up, and I told him, look, he's probably already in my top ten, whether he wins or not. I mean, this guy has made more of an impact on the game of basketball than – I mean, who's made a bigger impact than Steph Curry over the last couple decades? Michael Jordan?
2: Oh, yeah, probably nobody.
3: I don't know that anyone – I mean – Everything has changed about the way basketball is played since Stephen Curry and the Warriors got going. Even in my time in high school, which was not that long ago, if I would have done the things that Stephen Curry and the Warriors do on a three-on-one break, settle for a corner three-pointer, and that's considered a good shot in today's game, I would have got benched. But nowadays, with Stephen Curry and all the stuff that he's done and the Warriors and all the analytics and everything kind of working together on this, it's changed the game of basketball.
2: There's a video I retweeted about a week ago. More than 60% of Steph's made threes in the playoffs didn't hit the rim at all. Like they were just swish. Swish after swish after swish. It's like pornographic.
3: Yeah, it's amazing watching him shoot a basketball. And, you know, someone, there's never going to be another player like Stephen Curry. I just don't see it. Because to have, you know, there's shooters, there's plenty of good shooters, right? Reggie Miller was incredible. You have Kyle Korver, Ray Allen, guys like that. Absolutely incredible shooters. But there's never been one like Stephen Curry that can do it in every single way. He can shoot it from deep. He can shoot it off the dribble. He can shoot it coming off a screen. He can shoot it set. He can shoot it off balance. doesn't matter. Steph Curry can shoot it in every single way. And some guys can do it one, two, maybe even three different ways. Steph can do it in every single one.
2: I just got a text from me uh, 15 years from now. And me from 15 years from now text to say, hey, Bart, you guys sound stupid. The way you're talking about Steph Curry then is the way you'll be talking about Marjan Bochamp in 15 years.
3: Yeah, it's true. I think the way that he can develop his shooting game, a lot like Stephen Curry, his dad. I actually don't know anything about his family, so I don't want to go too crazy.
2: But Let me text myself back. (laughs) Do you still live in USA. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, he says, regrettedly did not take Elon Musk's ship to Mars. Colonized well. Earth is on fire. But sport's still playing. Oh, good. Why
3: does 15 years from now not talk normal?
2: <laughs> well, he's texting. You know, he's a text. Sure. He's a caveman. Because he's older. <laughs> so he's... you're going backwards. 15 years from now, I'm 53. I'm not going to speak full sentences at 53. 15 years from now, I'm 53? 15 years from now, you're my age. Older than your age. Oh, oh, no, I am your age. No. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. I'm going to look like
3: that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs>
3: I better not. I I better run a faster 40 at age... I
2: was bare feet. I don't care. I was bare feet. I don't care.
3: Age whatever you are. I better run a faster 40 than 8.89 or whatever.
2: All right, so what's the deal with Marjan Bochamp? Are we going to see him play right away? Is he going to be in the G League? Tell us, Johnny. What's your plan?
4: I think it's a balance. There's no way we want to put a ceiling on when he can have an impact. And I also don't think we want to put any undue expectations or, or undue pressure on him to say that we need him to play to be good. I mean, I think we're, think we're a really good team. We're on the verge of, of being great kind of each year these last few years. And, and I think we're going to be really good again next year, hopefully. I think he has a chance to, to work his way into that. And if he doesn't, that's okay. Like We have a, a rookie-scale guy um, who we believe in that I think can have an impact. But what that looks like is is to be determined. You know, we've talked about the G League is an opportunity for him to grow and develop if he needs to get minutes, if we have a role for him um, throughout the regular season. Bud is and his staff are incredible at development, player development. Whether they're playing in the games or not, we have a great system where guys get better in our system every single day. And we're all committed to helping Marjan be the best that he can be. That could be minutes um, for our team earlier. It might be a lot of G League. I think that's to be determined. But um, we wouldn't have used a very valuable asset as we talked about the other day um, on a player if we didn't believe that he could figure it out with us.
2: John says Bud has a system that's known for player development. Does that seem not right? I mean, if you, what if the, so Giannis is good. Chris is good. Drew's good. Brooke, how much credit are we giving Brooke for becoming a, like, center, the old style to what he is now? Who are the young guys they've had? Jordan Wara, they didn't develop. He's still in, like, basketball purgatory. Dante Vincenzo, he got hurt, I guess, but I don't know how much he developed there. I thought that was interesting that all of a sudden now we're touting the developmental aspects of the Budenholzer program. I'm not sure I see that. John Horse was asked what they do like about Marjan as a player. Remember, some of the things that we were talking about were he's a guy who tried to tailor the off-the-ball stuff. Be defensive, have a high motor, and that's something the Bucks like, too.
4: To me, it feels like the IQ of the player. I, I think he really understands how to play, um, and he believes in himself as a shooter. He's... he's uh, he uses the ball. He uses the ball in pick and rolls. He uses the ball in the mid range. He's he's a willing three point shooter. Uh, he's got great size. He's got great form. I just think it's something that'll grow through reps and through opportunities. Uh, playing in the G League's hard. You know, he's a young player that played in the G League. It's it's the college basketball is hard too. But the G League's a whole different level. And so he played against you know NBA level or pro level players at, at many different times. And and I thought throughout the year he got better as the season went on, finding his spots, finding his rhythm, finding his confidence. So I think it's it's the basis of the skill set that he has but also the IQ I think he really knows how to play so yes I hope he become a great shooter but offensively I think he's already pretty gifted in just his feelings and understanding of the game man
2: I don't, I don't want Bochamp to play with the herd he, he was just he drafted him out of the G League to just put him on a new team he played with the G League he played against the herd I think he had uh, was that 20 point night 30 point he had a big night that night 31 points maybe Led the G League Ignite. Heard one, of course. Go Heard. Heard up. Heard is the word. But you drafted him from the... G- Just play him. Let's not be doing this back and forth stuff. You obviously liked him. You could have traded the pick. You want to trade up for him. Just play him. Just play him. What are you going to do? You got Giannis. You got Drew. You got Chris. You're going to be playing those guys 40 minutes a night? No. You're going to be winning regular season games with 90-year-old George Hill and Wes Matthews. You're getting him regular season minutes. You want him in the playoffs. Don't be playing him 25, 30 minutes in the regular season. Just play the young guys. Just get get them more on court time. Just start Wara and Beauchamp. Start Wara, Beauchamp, Brooke, Giannis, Thanasis. There you go. Have Thanasis run the point. Who cares? Regular season. You're making the playoffs. You obviously don't care about seeding. I don't know. I mean, I'm being a little bit facetious here, but I I would like to see him up and play. And, like, Mamu, play him too. What what does he got? Now, Warren is an interesting thing, because Warren I really thought could have been a guy that had a big impact, but every time he gets the opportunity, like, doesn't take advantage of it. We'll see. Buck should have a good group of veterans to help Beauchamp. That's always a plus, you know, because he was just around a bunch of G League guys. That's one thing. But now you're working with Giannis, with Chris, with Drew. It's a big step up in terms of the kind of voices you're going to have in your ear.
4: Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Because Chris, at the end of the day, was a second-round pick. Uh, I think they're very similar uh, physical. They're kind of like body comps. I do think there's some game comps there as well um, in in some areas. The way that they defend, the way that they get their shots off in the mid-range, the way they use in the pick and roll. Um, For him to recognize that, that kind of goes to the IQ thing that I mentioned. I think he's a very, very um, smart, intelligent basketball player. I think he really understands the game. He has a lot of passion for the game. He's at Rainer Beach, right? I mean, he, he played in Seattle. He's played with all the pros, you know, from a young age, like he, he gets it. He knows kind of our game at a pretty high level. For him I didn't I didn't know that, obviously it was busy after we drafted him, but um, for him to make that connection I think is really high level and, and honestly that's one of the things we thought about. You know, he can grow in our system because of the vets that we have Chris, Giannis, Drew, Brooke, Pat. I mean you kinda of go down the line, I think that these guys um, will really kind of mentor him and put him under you know their arm and help him grow and be the best he can be.
2: So it's John Horst again. He talked last week. We'll uh, see summer league coming up and we'll get a look at Bo champ next week. The Bucks first game, I believe is the seventh, eighth first game will be against the eighth. They'll play the nets in the summer league. They've got four games. And then that last game is dependent on what your record is. And it could be the championship. You could play for a championship, a summer league title, but Bucks nets, NBA TV, that'll be Next Friday, the 8th. And, of course, we'll break those games down as if they were NBA playoff games because we are so uh, desperate to relive the glory that we had a year ago. As I said last week, what happens is I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for the Summer League. We'll get the Summer League rosters out. I'll get excited all day. I'll sit there. I'll uh, make my wife watch my kid. It'll be 6 o'clock. I'll turn on the Summer League. I'll watch it for five minutes. And then I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll turn it off. But right now... I'm excited, so looking forward to the. You actually get
3: excited for summer league games. I do
2: get excited, and then once really? it happens, I don't. Like I am excited for it. Uh and I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I look forward to it, and then it it happens, and I'm like, mm, eh. But yeah, I do get I do get excited for it, but then once it starts, it's very anticlimactic for me. Very anticlimactic. Toby Altizer is here. He is uh, on vacation the rest of the week. Uh, that I am. You, and I, I've uh, realized that you lied to me. How so? Well, you said you were going to Virginia. I am going to Virginia. No, you're not. I know where you're really going. You're going to Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon, aren't you? <laughs> Let me tell you one thing.
3: If I were going to Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon as a participant,
2: <laughs> this would be my last day. <laughs> so that's where the Live Golf Tour is going to be this weekend. Yeah, don't you think they could pay? Like, you're good enough. I'm not good enough. No.
3: Adam is good enough. I am not. Some of these guys suck. I mean, I could go out there and shoot plus 24 like Andy Ogletree did, but it would not be over a three round composite. It would be one round. Uh, Matthew
2: Wolf is the latest to defect. I would do it if I were Matt Wolf. Now, he had, like, he was becoming. He was like buddies with all those guys. Oh, he was like a rising star,
3: and then he has lost it. Yikes! He he's... had to. He took a while off. I guess he was struggling with, I don't know, some mental health things, and so he took uh, a while off. And since he's come back, he just has not be able
2: to, been able to regain his form. All right. So he is 23, and he's going to join the live tour. And uh, do you think that's it? No, some more people will go at some point. Do you think they've poached the biggest names? Though poach.
3: Um. Ricky Fowler, maybe. Outside of that, probably. Uh, I don't. Uh, Colin Morikawa was in the news for a while that there was rumors, and he came out and shut all that down. There's no way a guy like Justin Thomas would go, or Rory. All those guys are pretty outspoken that they're not going. So I think that outside of maybe Ricky. I don't see anyone else going. So
2: some of the names are that, are, are, that have joined live again, The and this is what's crazy about it, is they, they don't care about the money. They'll pay Brooke Kepa $100 million to come over, expect $0 in return on that. They don't care. They have more money than what we know what to do with. Well, and
3: I think it was Bob Herrig was on with The Big Show a couple weeks ago. And he basically said that they have like a $500 billion fund that they're pulling all this stuff from. 500000000000 billion, you're never going to touch the end of that. That's why you can do these sort of things where you're paying guys $100 million each to come out here and then on top of that paying them $4 million for winning and giving purses of $20 because
2: you're never going to touch the end of that. Yeah, so if I'm Brooks and I finally like cave at them $100 million, why don't I just say? Why don't you make it two hundred million?
3: Well, I think that was the case because just a couple weeks ago, and you've had some of the PGA Tour guys. I think Rory came out and bashed some of these guys that have left recently. Because Brooks came out and said that Nah, it's not really appealing to me. I don't think I'm going to go do it. He was just talking at the U.S. Open. What was that two weeks ago about saying you're you're taken away from the U.S. Open? Let's just talk about this. And I'm you know I'm not going anywhere. And then I think they hit his number, and he said, All right,
2: time to head out. Yeah, but even if they hit your number and you know how much money they have, you double your number. They want you more than you need them. Oh,
3: 100%. But at some point, you just take the money when they hit your number. And I'm sure some of these guys have raised their number, you know, 25 million or so. But, you know, what's the difference between getting 125 and 200? To us, it seems ridiculous. But to them, 125, well. I'm fine on that.
2: You know, everybody's got a price. You, you throw enough money at somebody, everybody's got a price. Uh, who else is in this? Sergio, Dustin. So there's an event uh, in Portland this weekend. There's going to be some protests around there. They're, they're not happy in the area that this tour's coming here, but this will be the first one in America, just the second one. There's no TV coverage as of now. You can watch it on YouTube and stuff. That's going to be the interesting thing.
3: Who's going to pick this up on TV? Or is anyone? Because if you do, you know that you're essentially ending any chance you have of becoming a PGA Tour carrier. But the only people that carry the PGA Tour currently are Golf Channel, which is owned by NBC, so NBC, and then CBS. Occasionally you get Fox, but they kind of lost out on the rights there with
2: the U.S. Open. Well, they had and the U.S. Open, and then they bailed after, like, two years.
3: TNT used to have the PGA Championship, so Turner. But is someone going to pick up the Live Golf Tour that never planned on going with the PGA Tour anyways and just saying, yeah, why not? Let's do it.
2: Uh, no, they um, they had the—they asked Fox— They were going to pay Fox to have it. And Fox said no. So they tried to buy time on Fox recently. And they said no. Yeah, the the whole thing is interesting. Uh, Dave says, I enjoy each and every second of the show, but the small snippets that are now up here in my podcast downloads are very appreciative. Wow, Toby. You guys have been busting hard back there. Yeah, not today. I grabbed them all for the first two
3: hours. (laughs) and more so from the second hour
2: (coughs) don't make me laugh
3: (laughs) i've realized that i've made you laugh a couple times today it's made me feel good yeah don't make it don't usually you're the one making me laugh and i just turn my mic off back here and die
2: laughing yeah you gotta get that on the air well if you're gonna laugh i need you to laugh on the air
3: well i laugh for a little bit and then turn it off and then laugh a little louder
2: Oh, I didn't need, need it on the other ones. Otherwise, otherwise, I'm trying to tell jokes over here because I'm a comedian. I'm not a serious sportsman. I yeah, yeah. I don't care about sports. I'm just trying to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really real immature, too, and I'm a real jerk. What the hell am I going to do tonight? Oh, I guess I could watch Rise. You could watch Rise? I'm not going to watch Rise. Why not? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to sit I'm down I'm interested and watch. to see it, but I don't have Disney+. I'm, I, well, I can give you my login. I'm not gonna watch I'm not gonna sit down and watch a movie for two hours. Why not? Uh. I need to go back and watch the original Top
3: Gun so that I can watch this new Top Gun so that I can shave my beard and go with a mustache. Hmm, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Overrated. Over, overrated. Adam said overrated.
2: A mustache? The mustache or the movie? The movie. The movie Rise is overrated? No, the new Top Gun. The new Top Gun's overrated. Yeah.
3: Oh. I haven't seen the old one, so I couldn't tell you. But everyone loves the new one. Your boy Miles Teller apparently gave a
2: really good performance. Look, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I liked Eternals. I watched that this weekend. Is so that was the one with Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Eh,
3: that, that has no appeal to me. Once they start getting into some of this stuff, like, I understand that all superhero stuff is supernatural and not real, but some of it seems, like, semi-plausible. When you start getting into, like, Doctor Strange and he's, like, opening portals and stuff, yeah, that's too far for me.
2: Yeah, he just opens a portal and that... But even that I was fine with. Well, like, the multiverse and all this stuff, that's too far for me. Well, that's real. There is a multiverse.
3: No, it's not. There is. No.
2: Yeah. There's
3: a universe, not a multiverse.
2: But then what, what what makes... What drives me nuts is that it's all happened... They, they're all... Like, it's not like we live in a world where there happens to be witches... Yeah, there is. Just dating Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but there happens to be witches and superheroes and gods from different realms and gods that suck up the energy. The Eternals movie. And they all speak English. And they all speak English. And they all fight in New York. And they're always fighting in New York. Like, Why would you live in New York <laughs> if you're still in the MCU? Yeah. Can you just, like, move to the
3: middle of Nebraska? You'll be fine.
2: That's what, no, no, in Guardians 2, there was a thing that popped up in the middle the Nebraska. All right, fine,
3: go to North Dakota.
2: No, I, that's why I want to see more of the, I want to see the MCU do more of, like, what do average people do? Like, all of a sudden, you're just living your life like normal, and then come 2008, there's this rich dude flying around as Iron Man. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, these rich guys have spaceships. But then all of a sudden, some frozen soldier comes back to life. And then there's, uh, then there's the Incredible Hulk, and then Thor comes from...
3: That's why I can appreciate Batman, because his superpower is literally being rich.
2: Yeah, now don't get me wrong, I love everything about the MCU. I think it's great. I'm t- super into it. Like, at least Batman is like, alright, so he learned some
3: karate, he trained himself, he bulked up, and he has a lot of money. There's your superpower. But
2: I need to know more about the people that are like, Yeah, I tried to go grocery shopping the other day and then Thor showed up and started fighting people and (laughs) he ruined my car and I got to get a new car and I don't have Thor insurance. I I always want to know what happens
3: after all the destruction. Like, all of New York City gets destroyed in the Avengers
2: and now it's just like, all right, back to everyday life. Well, they were going to do a show on that, I think, and then I don't know what happened to it. But that's what I want to see. I want to see, like, just the schlubs walking around being like, Oh, did you see there's a giant creature in the sky again? I guess we're just supposed to ignore it. <laughs> anyway. All right, Toby, you have a good vacation? we Will do. I'll see, see you when I see you, I guess. couple weeks? Uh, yeah. We're going to break down John Cena's return to Raw tomorrow, starting at 6. Big show up next on The Fan.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.